Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. It's an age-old question, one that's come to be front and center in this presidential campaign, and it's a question we'll all deal with at some point in our lives, whether it's time to take the car keys from an aging parent, or when it's time for a construction worker, or a teacher, or a surgeon to call it quits. So with Joe Biden, age 81, facing off against Donald Trump, who's 77, for the most powerful office in the world, just how old is too old? We've asked Dr. John LaPook and correspondent Robert Costa to tally things up. How do you know when someone is too old for the job? You hear a lot of people asking, how old is too old? And shouldn't it be how old is too old for what function? Absolutely, I could not agree more because it really varies. What also varies? How much voters and the press say age is an issue for candidates. It's easy to oversimplify and say, well, this campaign's all about age. Well, age is part of it, but it's not all about age. Coming up on Sunday morning, the science and politics of age in America. She's a two-time Oscar winner, but Hillary Swank's latest film might be the one closest to her heart as Tracy Smith will explain. We're gonna have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because this ain't about you, it's about your little girl. Her new film's about helping a family get an organ transplant, a situation she knows all too well. But this serious actor is actually anything but. 
Do you think people perceive you as more serious than you Absolutely. are? Absolutely. My mom said I should win an Academy Award for tricking everyone into thinking I'm a dramatic actress. <laughs> the real Hillary Swank, later on Sunday morning. Hard to believe, but it's been two years since Russian forces invaded Ukraine, inflicting untold damage and unimaginable horror on its neighbor to the West. David Martin has a status report. Two years into the war, a film about what happened in the city of Mariupol has been nominated for an Oscar. The whole city was suffering. So many people dying. You left on day 20. Yeah. Mariupol fell on day 86. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's, it became even worse. 20 days in Mariupol, ahead on Sunday morning. On this weekend of President's Day, we'll have commentary from President Jimmy Carter's grandson, Jason, and more on this Sunday morning for the 18th of February, 2024. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high-quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Of all the issues in this year's presidential election, immigration, the economy, abortion, one seems to surpass all the others. Is Joe Biden, or Donald Trump for that matter, just too old to meet the demands of the job? We've asked Dr. John LaPook to help us answer the age-old question. There's an old saying among doctors, if you've seen one 80-year-old, you've seen one 80-year-old. Some will act like they're 60 or 70, while others seem a lot older. You hear a lot of people asking, how old is too old? And shouldn't it be how old is too old for what function? Absolutely. I could not agree more. Is part of you just getting sick and tired of this discussion? <laughs> no, I'm never tired of discussing aging. Dr. Louise Aronson is a geriatrician and professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. Her best-selling book, Elderhood, is about redefining old age. I honestly think anybody who's lived past their 40s knows age matters, right? Your body changes, your brain changes. What I would like to see is a conversation where we actually discuss the things that matter. 
it gets tricky, right? Because oh, absolutely. Because you have things like wisdom right. brushing up against decreasing cognitive function. Right. I mean, there is a lot of variability. A healthy human brain has up to 100 billion nerve cells making trillions of connections with each other. Recent research suggests a normal part of aging involves forgetting less important memories to help make room for new ones. The problem comes when normal forgetting is coupled with an abnormal process causing dementia. I would say, by far, the biggest fear my patients have is mm -hmm. that they're losing it. Right. And very often it'll start with, I couldn't think of a name. I mean, it was somebody who I know so well. Right. How important is that? How worried should they be? I would say they should not be worried. And what about misplacing objects? Sometimes it's a matter of attention. So what may be happening in situations where people said, I couldn't find my keys, is that they weren't paying enough attention to the keys. Maybe they were talking to someone when they put them down, and consequently that memory isn't within their grasp in the way they would hope. But if you find the keys and you don't know what they do... Oh, that's a bigger problem, yes. That distinction between normal and abnormal aging is increasingly important as the number of older workers continues to grow. And in most cases, mandatory retirement at a certain age is illegal. Congress today gave final approval to a bill that outlaws mandatory retirement for most workers at any age. But there are exceptions when public safety is at stake. For example, FBI agents must retire at 57, commercial airline pilots at 65. But there are no age limits for surgeons. When I lecture about this subject of older surgeons around the country, I ask my audience, who in the audience has encountered a surgeon who should have stopped operating before he or she did? And the majority of hands go up. Doctors think that they know best. Dr. Mark Katlik is a thoracic surgeon and chief of surgery for LifeBridge Health in Baltimore. Okay, let's go. In 2014, he created the Aging Surgeon Program, a two-day physical and cognitive evaluation open to older surgeons from anywhere in the world, demonstrated here. Okay, Kurt, you can stop. I was pulled together a team, a multidisciplinary team of doctors, including you know, geriatricians and uh, neurologists and PTOT, physical occupational therapy people, ethicists, lawyers. We built this comprehensive, objective evaluation of a surgeon's physical and cognitive faculties. What was the initial response of the surgeons who were gonna be potentially subjected to this? Almost everyone comes kicking and screaming and not wanting to come. And what precipitates them being sent there in the first place? Something has been identified as being problematic. I want you to touch the block that I touch. Okay. Aside from evaluating surgeons flagged with a possible problem, LifeBridge is one of the few hospital systems in the country where all doctors and nurses over the age of 75 receive a neurocognitive assessment every two years. Our doctors are very open-minded about it. We Dr. Katlik, 72, says tests like these really actually help fight ageism by focusing on function rather than on chronological age. I think you can make a very strong case for anybody who's in a high-impact profession doctors, airline pilots, high government officials, they should have some sort of screening at some age. In fact, I would take away the mandatory retirement for airline pilots and others. If you're okay, it, the test will show you're okay. We've added a couple of decades, essentially an entire generation onto our lives, and we haven't kind of socioculturally figured out how to handle that. 
And I think it's important. We need to discuss age. There's Figuring out how to handle that, here, says Dr. Aronson, might just mean embracing the realities of getting older while realizing the end of working doesn't have to mean the end of a meaningful life. We need ways of letting people work when they still can and of helping them to stop working when that's in their interests and the interests of the common good. But the problem is that we really haven't figured out a way of giving people a gentle off-ramp to yes. whatever it is that they're doing that preserves their dignity, yes. their sense of who they are. Almost all of us will live to that phase of life. And so if nothing but the most selfish of reasons, we should be doing that right now. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We've examined the medical implications of the question, how old is too old? Time to turn to politics and correspondent Robert Costa. Are you worried that sometimes issues like age can be dominant, but discussions about some of those other issues on policy just don't get the bandwidth they deserve? Yeah, I think that is a concern. It's easier to focus on age. I mean, because everybody kind of gets that. It's harder to get people to understand the matrix of all of the legal cases that the former president is involved in. These are corrupt people. These are people that shouldn't be allowed to do the things they do. Or the choices that President Biden is having to make in his dealings with the government of Israel or dealing with war in Ukraine. Some of these things, it's easy to oversimplify and say, well, this campaign's all about age. Well, age is part of it, but it's not all about age. Dan Balls of the Washington Post is considered by many the dean of political reporters. Balls is 77 years old, the same age as former presidents Trump, Clinton, and Bush. He says the spotlight on President Biden's age is understandable and nothing new. Think back to 1984. Ronald Reagan running for re-election. He's on the debate stage with Walter Mondale. He playfully uses his age as an asset. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. Well, I think the lesson would be that you have to confront the issue directly and you have to find a way to diffuse it and to get people to move past it. You don't want people dwelling on it. What could President Biden do to push back against his own naysayers on that front? Well, he's tried to do it with humor. After all, I believe in the First Amendment not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. <laughs> He's done some extraordinary things as president. I mean, that trip to Ukraine that he took was a seriously taxing, physically taxing trip. We saw at the State of the Union last year, in spontaneous moments, him take on the Republicans over Social Security. As we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now, right? They're not to be sponsored. All right. 
We got unanimity. Some media watchdogs argue President Biden's age has been overcovered, overstated, and overanalyzed, particularly when compared to former President Trump's. I think that one of the realities is that former President Trump makes many gaffes. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley. We know that he mixed up Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi, the former House Speaker, during the New Hampshire primary. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers. We hear a lot about age on the campaign trail. How much of the frustration about that issue is really a frustration about the candidates? I don't know how you separate that people don't want a rematch from partly one of the reasons is that these are two elderly candidates. There is a sense that there is a kind of a cork in the bottle politically of an older generation, frankly, of my generation. But the baby boom generation doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Well, it is going somewhere, <laughs> slowly. Generational tension is hardly limited to the White House. Since 2017, we've had the oldest Congress in history. With the silent generation and baby boomers still ensconced in power, Gen X, millennials, and those younger are vying for more seats. I just turned 35, so I think about this a lot because in my normal life, I am starting to feel uh, quite old. Then I get to Congress and I, and I feel young again, <laughs> let alone use apps. California Democratic Representative Sarah Jacobs is one of the five youngest members of Congress. She's pushing the average age down a notch and pushing the concerns of young voters to the forefront. So often young people, let's say those under 40, get painted with a broad brush. They don't care about politics. Do you buy that? No, um, that's total b I was in middle school when September 11th happened, and I haven't known a day in my adult life that the United States has not been at war. The financial crisis happened right as I was graduating from college. As soon as millennials were hitting their stride, we had a global pandemic. Gen Z has known nothing but school shootings and active shooter drills, a climate crisis that isn't being addressed with the urgency that it deserves. Like tens of millions of Americans, I've used apps to track my period. Jacobs has championed privacy legislation for reproductive health data, such as menstrual cycle tracking apps. The concern, safeguarding information that could be used to prosecute those suspected of having an abortion in states where the procedure is banned. What's it like talking to an older male member of Congress about a period tracking app? You know, I've definitely uh, had my fair share of making my colleagues a little bit uncomfortable. We should be talking about periods and birth control and the health care that millions of Americans need for our everyday lives. The fact of the matter is, if we aren't talking about these issues, we certainly are making good policy about them. Policy for the people, by the people. It's a challenge for the ages. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued, 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As you probably know, one of our former presidents, Jimmy Carter, has been in hospice care for some time. And yet the 39th president of the United States lives on. Thoughts on that this morning from his grandson, Jason Carter. My grandfather was born in 1924, had no running water, no electricity, and he grew up plowing fields behind a mule. He's lived to see both his life and this world transformed in so many ways. And through all of those changing times, he truly has clung to his unchanging principles. Faith, respect for human dignity, equality, human rights, and the commandment that above all else, you should love your neighbor as yourself. The MRI showed that there was a cancer. Nearly a decade ago, he had five melanoma tumors in his brain and liver. And we quoted the old gospel song that says he's going to stay on the battlefield. And he has. For his whole life, he's been on the battlefield for peace, for human rights, for democracy, for the alleviation of human suffering, putting his faith and love into action for others. He has lived to see the Carter Center deploy an army of health workers, human rights workers, and democracy workers who are fighting disease, waging peace, and building hope. After 77 years of marriage, he was there for my grandmother until the end. He has seen and felt the outpouring of love from around the world. Last year, we collected nearly 20,000 birthday wishes from over 100 countries. And in Tiny Plains, Georgia, that brought tears to his eyes. He's seen that that same technology that knits the world together can also pull us apart. And how many on your voters list here? He's seen democracy threatened at home and abroad. And he lived to see one of the most important projects of his life, peace for Israel and Palestine at the brink. Looking back, his efforts at Camp David remain one of the few foundations for hope in that long and intractable conflict. But he has stayed on the battlefield. After a year in hospice, on a daily basis, we have no expectations for his body. But we know that his spirit is as strong as ever. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Do you ever feel like there's nothing new in the news? You know there are urgent things happening in the world around you, but all you hear is noise. That's why we made What Next. Our goal is to tell you the stories you haven't heard before, or maybe a different side to the story you thought you already knew all about. I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, and I love my job because it helps me cut through the noise of the news, and then I get to bring it to you. Together, we can figure out what next. 
need that speed bag back. This bag? Yes, that bag. That's my bag. And if you're hitting it, people will think I'm training you. Is that such a bad thing, boss? Yes, yes, it is. Every time you touch it, you're losing me business out here. Her role as a prize fighter in Million Dollar Baby earned Hilary Swank her second Oscar. Now the versatile actor is playing a hairdresser helping a family battle impossible odds. And for Hilary Swank, this time it's personal. Tracy Smith has our Sunday profile. In the most scenic corner of the Pacific Northwest, Hilary Swank is in her element. Do you have lots of memories walking around here? Yes. So this lake right here is uh, what I considered my best friend because I spent every single sunny day in that lake. These days, the two-time Oscar winner is staying on familiar ground in her life and in her work. Hi, Sharon. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to come by and give you this. I just made dinner if you want to stay. would love to. Her new film, Ordinary Angels, is the true story of a woman who moves mountains to help a little girl who needs a liver transplant. Thank you for helping save this girl! To the point of begging the hospital to erase the mounting medical debt. You're asking us to reduce the family's medical bills due to hardship. No, I'm asking you to erase them, all of them. Was that funny? For Swank, whose own father was a transplant recipient, the story hits painfully close to home. My dad passed away October 1st, 2021, and he had a lung transplant. And just shortly after he passed, I mean, I started filming five months later. Um, and so it was like almost, I don't know, kismet in a way to be a part of it. Some bills are like wine. They get better with age. The movie is about a woman who tries to do the impossible and keeps trying until it happens. The same could be said of Hilary Swank herself. Raised in Bellingham, Washington, she grew up on the proverbial wrong side of town, and some kids at her school were told not to hang out with the kid from the trailer park. That would happen? Oh, yeah. Because you lived in a trailer park? Yeah. They, I don't know. They didn't want their kids playing with me. I don't know. I know. It's stupid. It's so silly. But it stayed with you. Well, it stayed with me um, because, obviously, I didn't understand it. But it's interesting because some of those um, people now being back in the hometown are like, oh, I always believed in you. Oh, that, really? Yeah. I'm like, no, you didn't. I can't keep my mouth shut to that. Do you say something? I say, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah. And how do they that, They don't remember. Is Ben Seaver here? And it seems she never forgot how tough it was to make it. For years, she took any part, no matter how small. Hi, Luke. You might recognize another young actor here, Leonardo DiCaprio, who was on his way up too. It happened, but it was nine years of really hitting the pavement and really, I mean, auditioning five times a day and in the trunk of my car was all these different outfits that I would change and go in to, to be this different person in, in these auditions and, you know, so. And a lot of rejection too, I would imagine. A lot of rejection. You know, it's a really hard thing to be told all the time, you know, oh, about your looks and, and why you might not have gotten this or that. And you start to think, oh, do I need to change that about myself? And I think that was one of the reasons why I, I didn't realize consciously I was doing it, but I think I was looking for um, roles that weren't about appearance, that they were really about people. 
And that turned out to be the key. Who are you? In 1999, she landed a role that changed everything, Boys Don't Cry, playing a real-life trans teenager. You, you gotta see shrinks, you gotta shoot hormones up your button. I mean, it costs a fortune. I'm gonna be, you know, an old man by the time I get that kind of money. And they all scatter girls, too. And then this happened. Hilary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. Hilary Swank was suddenly a name in Hollywood with the fame but not the fortune. So you've called Boys Don't Cry the little movie that could. Mm -hmm. You made it for a little bit of money. You got paid a very little bit of money. $3,000. $3,000. And so you have an Oscar and no health health insurance. insurance? Yeah, yeah. At that time, you had to make $5,000 a year to have health insurance, and and I I didn't recognize that until I went in to try and get a prescription filled. And... They were like, that'll be $260. And I was like, oh, I don't think I need that prescription. That no. <laughs> Weren't you ever tempted to just whip out the Oscar and be like, but I have this? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think that would get me what I needed. Get in Seems she's had to fight for everything she's ever had. In the role of a boxer for Million Dollar Baby, Director and co-star Clint Eastwood had her bulk up her tiny frame with a brutal training routine and more food than she'd ever eaten before. Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. how many egg whites did you eat a day? Uh, six, zero. Six D? Yeah. How? I drank them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The movie also beefed up her reputation as a Hollywood heavyweight. Hillary Swank, Million Dollar Baby. After her second Oscar, she continued to work. But in 2014, she put her career on hold to care for her father, recovering from a lung transplant. You took care of your dad for three years? Yeah, it ended up being a little bit more, but I took three years off from my career. I know a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, how can you take that much time off of your career? Aren't you worried about, I'm like, worried about what? I'm only worried about my dad's health, you know, to think, that, I don't know, your career could go away or something is, was the least of my concerns. The absolute last thing. But it was just so, it was such a great time and we became even closer, obviously, and he's one of my favorite people in the whole world and I just, um, I miss him every day and I would have only regretted not being there. Sadly, her dad didn't get to meet his grandchildren. Swank and husband Philip Schneider welcomed boy-girl twins last year. She was a few months shy of her 49th birthday. And they just turned 10 months old, and I've been with them every single day. Every day? Yeah. We are going to save this girl, you hear me? We're going to need a lot of shovels. In case you couldn't tell from the title, Ordinary Angels is about how average folks can sometimes do miraculous things. Just look at the career of its star, and it's tough to disagree. Do you believe in miracles? That's a good question. So much of that, I think, is rooted in the fact that I loved it so much, but I also said, I'm going to go and do this. And I didn't question it. I never said, and if it doesn't work out, I'll do this, this, or this. There was no backup plan. No. I just never said I wasn't going to do it, you know? So can't was like a bad four-letter word in my house. And so if that is a miraculous thing, 
then yes, I believe in miracles. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For two years and counting, we've seen the unrelenting horror of the war in Ukraine playing out daily. Tens of thousands of lives lost, entire cities left in ruin. Is there an end in sight? We've asked our David Martin to take stock. And I cannot get over the feeling that something terrible is going to happen to this city. Something terrible did happen to the city of Mariupol, and Mr. Slav Chernov of the Associated Press was there to witness it. What I did not expect is that the bombardment will be so intensive. Chernov and his team spent the first 20 days of the Russian invasion inside Mariupol, sending out images that horrified the world and are now part of an Oscar-nominated documentary. Frantic efforts to save a four-year-old. A doctor urging the camera to capture it all. The whole city was suffering. The whole city was starving. The whole city was without water. So many people dying. The boy was playing soccer with his friends when shelling started. His legs were completely blown off. Another infant rushed in. But he is beyond saving. Kirill, 18 months old. Shock and grief beyond comprehension. My brain will desperately want to forget all this, but the camera will not let it happen. The bombs started hitting schools and civilian buildings, and eventually they hit the maternity hospital. The scene of a woman named Irina with her unborn child, neither of whom would live, Here are the photos. was denounced by Russia as staged. The women, actresses, a preposterous claim in the face of Chernov's unblinking camera. But with power failing and communications dwindling, bombs continued to rain down on the southern Ukrainian city of Mariupol, which was fully surrounded by Russian troops. He could only transmit snippets of video to the outside world. Russian troops commit war crimes. Our family, our women, our children need help. Our people need help from international society. Please help Mariupol. 
For the world to see what the Russians did in Mariupol, Chernov had to get his 30 hours of video out of the city. Ukrainian troops went in to rescue him. Abandoning the doctors who have sheltered us. You left on day 20. Yeah. Mariupol fell on day 86? Yeah. Believe it or not, it's, it became even worse. It seemed that it can't be worse. Just can't. But it was, it was. That was the beginning of a war that has now gone on for two years. Thousands of Ukrainian soldiers have lost limbs, and a tiny fraction have been brought to the United States to be fitted for advanced prosthetics. Yeah, I'm Jedi. Jedi, yes. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Before the war, Alexei Dernov was a martial arts enthusiast. Petro Kulik worked in construction. Yevhan Kaluzhny was a lumberjack. Does he want to try bending the elbow? Sergei Volig repaired cars. They tell of being outgunned and outmanned by the Russians. How heavy was the Russian artillery fire? In ratio to our artillery, it's one to ten. Did the Russian soldiers outnumber you? I don't even know by how many times, but there's lots. They come and come and come. The combat so intense, there was no quick evacuation from the front lines. How long before you got to a hospital? More than 24 hours. To the hospital, it took me around 20 hours. These soldiers were wounded in Ukraine's much vaunted counteroffensive. Last year's drive to take back occupied territory a drive that attempted to use American mine-clearing equipment and armored vehicles to break through Russian lines, but faltered in the face of minefields and dug-in defenders. Now the American supply line, which sent Ukraine over three million artillery shells, is drying up, and funding for more military aid is trapped in the caustic politics of Congress. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. When the history of this day is written, as it surely will be, do you really want to be recorded as being on the side of Vladimir Putin? All those in favor of Putin say aye. Senator Angus King, who has traveled to Ukraine and met with its leader, says what happens next will be a turning point. If we walk away, it will be the greatest geopolitical mistake this country has made in generations, and it will haunt this country for 50 years. King, who serves on both the Senate Armed Services and Intelligence Committees, paints a dark picture of what will happen to Ukraine without U.S. aid. There'll be one of two results. Russia will just take over, and the Ukrainian people's desire for freedom and democracy is gone. The other option is that it turns into a, a sort of guerrilla war where Ukrainians are fighting from behind trees and buildings. Does that mean the front lines as we know them today just collapse and the Russians break through? I think that's the inevitable conclusion. How long can... I think it's, a, I think it's six months. So we could have the collapse of the front by this summer? Uh, I think that's a distinct possibility. In his documentary, 20 Days in Mariupol, Mstislav Chernov captures the battle for survival in one unforgettable scene. 
a wounded mother giving birth. They got the child out and the child was silent. There was this tension, I've never felt anything like that before. No one would be able to bear one more child death. It's a defining moment of the whole horrifying 20 days. One of the doctors told me that people were only dying in this room and this is the first time the human was born in this room. The little baby we saw born is coming up on her second birthday? Yes, almost second birthday, yeah. The war is coming up on its second birthday, too. More cities and towns have fallen since Mariupol, and many more are under attack. So all of those cities, their story is represented by Mariupol. It's a symbol of, of uh, all these cities. It's not the past, it's present. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Becca, what's, what's up? So The Late Show Pod Show is everything you love about The Late Show on oh, a I podcast. Want, I want to know about you. Oh. Enough. We, 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 people see everybody in an ad talks about the thing they're trying to sell. Oh. I'd like to know about you, the person behind creating the podcast. Oh, I'm having a really good day. Barry baked some bread and my friend Kara got me some chicken salad. It's a really nice day in the office today. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.